SMS SAFM now on 41391. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Labor federations, COSATU and SAFTU, say they are concerned about the safety of their members, many of whom will be returning to work next week. This comes as the number of coronavirus infections peaks during the second wave. Now, government has published guidelines for employers, but are these enough? And what happens if companies do not take the necessary precautions? To help us understand what the labor laws say regarding these matters, we're joined on the line now by Natasha Moni, who is an attorney and director at Money Attorneys Incorporated. Natasha, thanks for check, uh, making time to chat to us. Good morning. Hi, Sandra. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Okay, thank you. I mean, so there's reasonable doubt uh, that, you know, the, the, the cases of uh, coronavirus have gone up, so workers getting back into the workplace uh, will mm. be a worry. Let's talk about then what the law says in terms of guidelines of what employers need to do, and then we'll talk about the responsibility of the employees as well. We know there's the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Is that yes. where it begins? It does, and the Occupational Health and Safety Act has been around for many years, And right at the beginning of COVID-19, we were told, go to the Occupational Health and Safety Act and plan and implement strategies as if there had been a huge chemical spill in the factory, in the warehouse, on the the premises of the workplace. And that then um, guided us as to how one would work. There were things that people, uh, the, the work, the employers had to put in place. There were things such as uh, PPE, your personal protection um, equipment, safe uh, masks and shields, sanitizers, or hot water and so on. And then um, the government started telling us about safe working distances. It was um, one and a half meters per person. Um, I have advised all my clients to do at least three meters per person. That means that now staff need to work in shifts. Yeah. Um, if they have to go to the to work, that must work in shifts, and there must be less staff in the workplace. Um, uh, sick workers were are to stay at home, and um, meetings um, for those people who don't need to be on the premises should be held virtually. And that was all to assist everybody in not catching um, uh, the virus. The problem is, is that we've not only got COVID-19, but we have a mutation as well. So we're fighting on two fronts. And, and I think that um, uh, the employees and the employer um, have, um, are tired and, um, of the fight. Mm. The problem is, is that we are now stuck in to the biggest fight um, uh, of, of COVID-19 in 2021. Um, and that is an issue. And I tell you why it's an issue. Because people, people, in, employees don't realize that if they don't tell the employer the truth, they could be, and they infect other people in the workplace, they could be had up for murder. Um, it's specifically like HIV. If you infect someone with HIV knowingly, there was an intention on your part to do so, then, you, then, then you're committing a crime, and the criminal offense is murder. Now, also, the employers um, can be held vicariously liable, mm. um, and that is very serious because, obviously, the employers have more money. So what, what one does, or, or what attorneys tell the, their clients, is to go um, to the employer rather than the employee who infected them. 
Let's talk about now the possible stigma and discrimination that could arise from those uh, employees or around those employees who had been, you know, contracted or who had contracted COVID-19 but recovered, now come back into the workplace. How uh, does the law provide for those to be protected, for those people? There's absolutely no, there should be absolutely no stigma because they can't, once they've recovered from COVID-19 and have presented um, the employer with with the the COVID-19 test that says that they are not positive, that they are actually negative, um, there should be absolutely no stigma whatsoever. Um, in fact, I've had um, cases um, that I've dealt with where, for instance, the daughter caught COVID-19, but her mother who works um, did not. Um, and all that what the employee needed to do was to to um, present uh, the, the negative um, test results mm-hmm. to the employer. There should be absolutely. We all, have, unfortunately, and um, this is a this is a a, a transmittable um, virus. It's a transmittable. We should treat it as it has legs, and um, we should not discriminate. But we should work together. For instance, um, people are now returning to work, Asanda. Mm-hmm. So my my suggestion for all employers, and I know it's expensive, but it helps. Your, your workers to, to know that you are the employer of choice. You are the, the employer who cares about them. Um, it helps when the employer gets uh, someone in to do the rapid testing um, and to ask the, the questions and sit down and understand where that employee has been whilst they were on holiday, whether they um, stayed at home, whether they were um, out um and about holidaying in a different province, etc., um, and to actually ask those employees to take the test um, before they come back to work to see if there are any positive cases. Um, in in um, one of my clients, mm-hmm. we found a few positive cases, and those people were then asked to to quarantine, self quarantine, um, until such time as they present a negative test. Um, there should be no discrimination about this. We all should be working together. If you do discriminate about it, then Asanda, you have uh, an opportunity to take your claim to the CCMA um, in terms of discriminating against you because you have COVID-19. For instance, an employer can't dismiss you because you have COVID-19, and the employer can't um, start an incapacity route um, because you have COVID-19. This is something that if you if you are under the age of 60 and you don't have any comorbidities, something that you can recover from and continue to work with um, mm-hmm. uh, after you have uh, presented with um, COVID-19 symptoms and a positive test. Does the law provide then for any colleague who may publish the COVID-19 infection status of another colleague without their permission? It's a crime. It's a crime, um, and and you you should not do that. Um, you are infringing on their dignity. And again, it's it's um, it's it, it it goes to it goes to um, the the redress that the government is trying to do in terms of the the hype and and the worry that it causes. Um, so, mm. if your employee does that. Um, and and it is it and it, it is 
is seen as trying to um, uh, um, cause um, havoc and mayhem in the workplace, Mm. you can actually dismiss that employee for bringing um, the reputation of the company um, or somebody else um, into disrepute. So one has to be very, very careful um, because on two fronts it is wrong. It is wrong criminally and it is also wrong um, in terms of misconduct in the workplace. So I would I would think twice before I I suggest that somebody has COVID. Um, obviously, if you wanted to protect yourself, I would go through the roots of um, uh, ex- uh, 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 disseminating that to the company um, or to the compliance officer of the company, so that they can deal with it in a more confidential manner. But I certainly wouldn't. Um, wouldn't run around um, telling everybody that so-and-so has um, COVID um, and and um, causing unnecessary harm. Yeah. So, I mean, the vaccination issue we've been talking about, that's going to be rolled out uh, in you know the few coming weeks, if not months. Uh, when uh, given the choice then to vaccinate amongst the workplace and some employees decide they don't want to go for the vaccine uh, and you know, the the employer then and what they can do in terms of that. Can the employer then force their employees to go and vaccinate if they don't want to? And those who choose not to go for a vaccine, what will happen? How do they protect themselves in the workplace? You know, that's, such an, that's such an interesting question because I don't think that um, um, any employer is there yet. So um, let's try and, and, and forecast that for the employer. It is up to the individual to and decide whether they want to be vaccinated or not. Please understand that that vaccine is long time in coming because um, if you are if you are not a frontline health worker, um, you don't get the vaccine first. So your workplace will probably get the vaccine last, um, and that is 21 million people who will who are waiting um, last in the queue for this kind of vaccine. But if an employee decides not to take um, that vaccine, what it means for the employer is, is that if that employee contracts COVID, they don't have the immunity to um, fight it. So if that employee does by any chance die from the um, COVID-19, then it is not the employer's fault. So as long as the employer has put in a mechanism to protect you as much as possible, in other words, the foreseen, not the unforeseen, then mm-hmm. um, the employer the employer would not be taken on, or would the employee would not be successful in terms of vicarious liability. What I would do as the employer, and and what I would advise my clients, is to have a uh, an indemnity mm-hmm. that says I have been presented with the opportunity. To, uh, to be vaccinated um, for COVID-19. I have declined it for my own reasons, and I warrant that I'm not going to hold the company liable. Um, and in, those ca- in that case, if you do catch COVID-19, you cannot blame the company if the company is remiss for any reason. Companies have been found to be remiss in terms of COVID-19 implementation and measures that one must be take one must take. Um, the the uh, the 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 um, recommendation by the by the 
government is, is that they either either face a fine um, from the Labour Department or six months in prison. Um, and that would possibly be the compliance officer or the CEO of a company. So <laughs> this is something that companies take very, very seriously because I don't think that anybody wants to, one, pay a fine or two, be faced with a prison term. What does this mean for sick leave days then when it comes to corona? If one needs to quarantine for 14 days, we know that with different companies, one is allocated at the beginning of the year a certain number of days that they can take sick leave. Does that change with COVID or will it uh, remain the same? So the government is is speaking about uh, special leave days. and, And the reason why they say special leave days is because if you as the company say, look, you have told us that you um, uh, were in contact with somebody who uh, has had uh, COVID-19. I would like you, we would like you to quarantine for 10 days or 14 days. Remember, 10 days is what the government states and um, that you should quarantine for. 14 days is what the World Health Organization asks you to quarantine for. So let's talk Let's talk about South Africa. The government says 10 days. Mm-hmm. If you ask the employee to self-quarantine for 10 days, you have asked the employee to do that. You need to pay the employee for, for um, those, those days that, are, that that employee is on leave. Um, again, if that employee can work from home, then it will be normal work. Um, and you would, and you as the employer would manage the employee in that regard. You know, COVID-19, some patients um, that have contracted COVID-19 can, can continue to work. They're just contagious. And so they need to stay outside of the workplace and isolated um, from family and friends and other people that they may come into contact with. Mm. Um, obviously, if you have COVID-19, you will be booked off by your, by your doctor and um, the, the normal period is 10 days, um, and that is a medical certificate, and so you are entitled to receive sick leave. And this is where it's very important to understand that in a three-year cycle, you get a certain amount of sick leave, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, need to, you need to have managed that. So um, you, you, especially in this time, you possibly need your full component, the full um, 30 days um, or six weeks, leave um, to assist you with COVID-19. So I wouldn't start playing around with my leave. For instance, um, not pitch up um, to work because you have a headache or, or flu symptoms. I would, I, would really, I would really manage my sick leave um, as acutely as possible. Um, yeah, that's, that's um, mm. isolation and, and when the employee, employer asks you to go on sick leave. If you, if you have to um, take care of someone else who has COVID-19, for instance, mm. your sick child or a sick parent, that is not considered sick leave. That is considered a social responsibility or, or family responsibility leave. And unfortunately, we only have three days a year for that. Um, so I would then ask the company to take off um, my annual leave um, in order to take care of mm. a sick child or a sick parent. All right, we've got a call uh, from Randberg. Uh, Joseph, I think you've got a question. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, uh, Asanda. I just want to find out from your guest there. My sister is working for Checkers at Prella Square in Bluefontein. And then he, she tested positive together with her colleagues. 
and then she quarantined for about 10 days. But they took that out of her sick leave. Is it correct to do so? All right. Thanks yes. for your question, Joseph. Uh, uh, That's Natasha? an excellent question. We've covered that. Yes, absolutely. That would then be taken out of your portion of sick leave. Um, and as I said, you have in, in a three-year cycle, you have a certain amount of days um, of sick leave. And, and that's why it is, it's, it's so important for you to ensure that you have enough sick leave for COVID-19. Yeah, but what if you, do, you no longer have got sick leave available and you contracted that at a workplace? Is it if not, supposed, have, to be, okay, is it not so, supposed to be an injury on duty, something like that, IOG of some sort? Yes, absolutely. So if she has contracted it from, from the workplace, then it would be under the compensation for for uh, workers who are injured um, uh, on duty. And yeah, um, because, what because it falls under occupational health and safety, whatever. It, it, no, it, it falls under the compensation um, of Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act. Um, and that will then, that that then is a application to the um, to the Department of Labor in order to get paid um, in, through that, in those means. But yes, I would, um, I would imagine that uh, checkers would then pay um, your, your sister and um, uh, return money from, from the Department of Labor. Otherwise, they could reverse it, and they could say to your sister, you need to claim it back from the Department of Labor. Okay, thank you. Oh, it all depends on it all depends on what their um, what their 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 policies and processes are. Um, as I said to you, Sandra, it is a fight, yeah. um, and those um, employers who have gone out of their way to communicate, plan, um, disseminate information, educate employees, protect them as much as possible, will come out the winners here. Um, those those employers who um, leave the fight to the individual um, are, are not going to come out as winners, um, mm. and and that is unfortunate. Yeah. That being said, you know unemployment is so high in this country ordinarily, and COVID has has really increased those numbers, um, uh, and um, we all have to uh, hang on to our jobs and make sure that our employer is as productive as possible so that we can be productive as possible and keep our jobs. Yeah, well, thank you so much uh, for all your information, uh, Natasha. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Sunday, anytime. Natasha Moni is attorney and director at Moni Attorneys Incorporated, and we hope that uh, you get to the assistance that you need there for your sister, Joseph, in Renberg. 11 o'clock now, it's time for the news update with Amanda Machaga.